Good morning. Uh, today we are looking at a difficult passage, uh, but I pray that as we look at this passage, uh, the Lord will help us to learn to love Him more as the Lord of our lives, that we will learn to love His Scripture, and we will learn to love to pray and seek Him, because He's sovereign over everything. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we are gathered here as your people to worship you through songs and our givings and to hear from your word. Lord, I'm unworthy. I don't have the gift of my own to share your word. Therefore, I ask of your Holy Spirit to come and anoint me and use me that I may speak what is correct, what is right in your sight. And that the listeners, your people who are gathered here, will gain something, will hear from yourself, from you, Lord. So I commit the time together into your hands, asking of your Holy Spirit to take control of our time together now. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking at Hebrews chapter 5, verses 11 to chapter 6, 20. Keep your Bibles open as we read this passage. There are spiritual conditions that the author writes about. So he starts off saying, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. The author was speaking in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9 onwards about Jesus as the son who learned obedience through what he suffered. He talked about being made perfect. He became the source of salvation to all. But then he goes on to say, about these things, we have much to say. We want to teach you more. But it is hard because you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. The people that are hearing this letter are Jewish believers. And yet, they are not growing. And so he kept addressing this issue when the author wrote this. Pay close attention to the message that you have heard, lest you drift away. Chapter 3, verse 1, consider Christ. 3, verse 8, don't harden your hearts like Israel did in the wilderness. 3, 12, take care lest you have an evil heart of unbelief. 4, 1, fear lest you fall to enter God's race. You fail to enter God's rest. 4.11, 
be diligent to enter God's rest, lest you fall by disobedience. 4.14, hold fast to your confession. So they have a problem. They are like babies. How did he define them in 6, 1 and 2? Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith of, towards God. And instruction about washing, laying on the hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. These are not teaching exclusively to the Christians but to the Jewish people. They have all these. They know all the rituals, the works that they have to do. They know their faith towards God. They have the instruction of washing hands and things like that, the ceremonies that they have to do. They have instruction of laying of hands on the animals when they are led to sacrifice, the resurrection of the dead, the eternal judgment. They knew it. But then it seems like they're always talking about these things. In fact, they're talking about maybe what Oh, we should keep doing these things. No, perhaps they're going back. They're not moving forward. And so the author is very frustrated with them. You, you should be teachers. Yet now, you are not. You are dull of hearing. Are we like that? Are we like them? You know, I was, I was thinking about these things. What if the songs that we sing, the, the only songs that we sing in our churches, God is so good, God is so good to me. It's the only song we sing. I think we're like babies. We have not grown. All the songs we sing is about ourselves. Then we have not grown. We need to grow. If our song is God is so good to me, to us, and we we build it up with scriptures. We should grow. So, there are babies, he says. About this, we have much to say, yet it is hard to explain since you become dull of hearing. What is dull of hearing? If we look at the word in, in chapter tw 6, verse 12, it's sluggish. You have become sluggish. It's the same word, dull and sluggish. In other words, that means there's no push, no desire, no effort, no drive. The opposite of that is earnestness. We desire each one of you to show same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Earnestness, spude, means to have the, the activeness in you, the desire, the passion to know more about Christ. But yet, they have become dull in their hearing. Do not harden your heart, Bible says. Do not harden your heart. See, sometimes we can be hearing, but we may not be listening. It just go in here and then go out the other side. It can be that we are hearing and listening, but it may be just for knowledge that you can show to your CG member, I know this. I know this. 
This is talking about this. You can bring about a lot of reference, but it's not touching your heart. There's no transformation in your heart. Then you are not listening to God. And that's the problem they are facing. Dull of hearing. Are we like that? Every Sunday we come here and listen to God's word. But if we are not changing, then something is wrong. If our love for God is not growing, then something is wrong with us. If our love for His word is not growing, if our love for the church is not growing, then something is wrong with us. We are dull of hearing. We need to pray. We need to pray. If you are like that this morning, God help me. God help me. I don't want to be dull in hearing your word. Help me. Bible says, take care then how you hear. Hebrews 4.2 talks about this. For good news came to us just as to them, but the message, they, the message that they heard did not benefit them because they were not united by faith with those who listen. It's important. When we hear the word of God, we receive it with faith. Our heart is ready. You say, God, this is your word and I receive it by faith. Then when we do it, when we receive the word of God by faith, then transformation starts to happen in our lives. Our desire for God will grow. Our love for God will grow. Our love for God's people will grow. And this is what God's message is for us. Are you dull of hearing? And he goes on to talk about spiritual maturity. But solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Those who are matured can distinguish good from evil. So they are not like babies. When, we, when they talk about child here, they talk about the Greek word refers to infant, one year below. They have no speech. They cannot decide what is right and wrong. I have three babies, I know how the baby behaves. <laughs> they cannot differentiate between what is clean and what is not clean. What is edible and what cannot be eaten. In case you left a soiled diaper beside them, they will grab it and eat it. Because they do not, cannot discern what is good or bad. And there's a baby he's talking about in the Bible. They have no way of discerning good, what is good and bad. All they want is milk. They don't care whether the mother slept that night or not. Oh, my mother didn't sleep last night. I better be quiet. I, I wouldn't wake up at 3 a.m. to wake him up. No, he's hungry. He wants it. I want it now. Give me a cry. Nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. Give me food. Give me food. That's how baby behaves. Some people come to church that kind of attitude. I want this. I need this. How come you don't have that? How come you don't have that? 
They stay for a while and because their needs are not met, they left church, they find another church and demand the same thing. We need to be teachers, the Bible says. We need to be helping each other. We are brothers and sisters. I have a strength and I have many weaknesses. You too, you have strength and you have weaknesses. We are to build each other. We are not to demand what we want. All right, right now, if not, I'll cry, I'll cry, I'll cry until you give me this. That's baby. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Look at the word trained by constant practice. As you read the word of God, you grow. As you read and let the word of God speak to you, then you grow, you become mature. And you have the power of discernment. It's amazing that as I was preparing this, I came across this. You know, when Moses, through God, God through Moses, wrote the Torah, the first five books, he wrote this for the kings who are to come. Deuteronomy 17, 18 to 20. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a book a copy of this law, a copy of the Torah, approved by Levitical priests. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it in... Oh, my eyes so bad. <laughs> right, I'm getting old. Excuse me, I'll just go and turn to the passage. I thought my eyes better than this. <laughs> I don't know myself, okay. Uh, let's go, 18, 18 to 20. Uh, I can't see. <laughs> uh, 17, sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write for himself in a new, uh, in a copy, uh, a book, a copy of this law approved by the Leviticus priest. And it shall be with him, and he shall read it, read in it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God by keeping all the words of this law and these statutes and doing them. That his heart may, be, may not be lifted up above his brothers, that he may not turn aside from the commandment either to the right or to the left so that he may continue long in his kingdom he and his children in Israel the king is to copy with his hands it's not downloading you know it's not copy and paste you know. literally take a pen and write the book of Torah and he's supposed to read from the book that he has written. What a wonderful exercise it is. As you write, as you read, he, he, he lets the word of God come into him. Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit 
in the city of Mecca or Marcus. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. That's blessed. We, as a people of God, are supposed to be meditating on God's word. And if we do so, we will have fruits. The leaves will not wither. The fruits will bear fruit in seasons. That's what God wants us. God wants us to be matured. God wants us to be teaching, teachers of His law. And yet, many of us are not doing that. So there's a warning for us today. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So we talk about spiritual conditions. Now we want to talk about serious warning. Let me just share with you something before I go into this. Last Thursday, Pak Shun invited me to join some group of men for a cup of tea. When we met there, these men, they are not talking about women, song, and dance. <laughs> they are talking about the Word of God, things of God. And I think that's beautiful. They want to grow in the Word of God, in the knowledge of God. If only we have groups like that. It's ad hoc. It's not a CG group. It's just like that. We just meet to talk about the Word of God. I think that's beautiful. And I think like that kind of friendship, we will grow in the Word of God. So we're going on to the serious warnings. What do you say? It's for it is impossible in the case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the power of the age to come, and then fall and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance. It is impossible to restore them again. It's a difficult passage. Scholars have different views. And it's, it's difficult. But let me just show you what I've learned from my readings. He says it's, it's impossible in case those who have been enlightened. I would think these people that are enlightened are those who came to know Jesus Christ but has prayed even the sinner's prayer. They have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit. In other words, they have experienced the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives. You know, Jesus said this in Matthew 7.22 Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drives out demons? And in your name perform miracles? Jesus will turn to them, Matthew 22, Matthew 7 says, and say, I never knew you. I never knew you. There will be people who have done miracles, but Jesus said, I never knew you. Look at Judas, for instance. Judas was sent out when Jesus sent two by two to perform miracles. Judas did miracles, yet we all know he was not saved. 
have tasted the goodness of the word of God, there will be people who knew the word of God, have tasted the goodness of God, yet will not be saved at the end. The power of the age to come. In Luke chapter 8, it talks about a sower, the parable of the sower. He saw the seed, and the particular seed fell on the rocky places. But because there's soil on the rock, they grew up so fast. Yet when the sun came, the Bible says, because they have no root, they die. There are some people like that, you see. When they come to know the Lord, they grew up so fast. They were so excited for the things of God, but yet they fall away. Yet they die. Take heed then how you hear. Luke 8, 18. Take heed then how you hear. Are you dull of hearing? Are you hearing the word of God and is it speaking in your heart or not? Take heed and how you hear. A serious warning. For it is impossible then to have, who have fallen away and to restore them again to repentance. I want to be very clear here. The word of God says, if these people who have fallen away will not be able to repent, if you are here and you have committed some sin in your life, but you be terrible sin, even murderers, if they are repentant of their sin, God will save. But these people, they will not repent. They are so far away from God. They know God. They knew the word of God. They have even experienced the good of God, the goodness of God. But they turn them back, they're back to God and say, actually, I like the world better. I like the world, what the world is offering better. The pleasure of this world satisfies me more than God. That's spitting in the face of God, right? And they don't want to repent. So these people will fall away. Example given by Hebrews again, chapter 16, 17, 12, 16. No one, that no one is like uh, a sexual immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a chakwitya, for a meal. For you know that after, afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no chance to repent, though he sought it with tears. Why is, is he crying? Why is he so crying? Because he has no inheritance. He's not crying because he sinned against God. He sold his birthright. He found no chance to repent. So if you are able to repent, then do so. I'd like to show you again this one from 7 and 8 for the land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it cultivated receive blessing from God a land one land produces crop verse 8 but if it bears thorns and thistles is worthless and near to being cursed 
and its end is to be burned. The problem is not the rain, you see. The problem is the soil. They are not producing. The land is not growing. As I learn more about the Word of God, I'm growing to learn more about the church, how Christ loved the church, and how each one of us in the body of Christ are supposed to be serving each other, serving the Lord. You see, when, when you come before God's presence, God will not say, huh? How come you're here? You shouldn't be here. Hey, Peter, please go and check uh, the book of life. His name shouldn't be here. No, it will not be like that. God is going to welcome you. Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And if you have not done anything here, I don't know whether you will feel very embarrassed when God says, well done, good and faithful servant. I think He wants us to serve Him with joy and passion. And when we finally meet God, God, I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy that I'm here. And God looks at you, well done, good and faithful servant. He wants us to be glorious. Jesus said, I pray, I give the glory that you've given me, I've given to them. Jesus said. God wants a church that is active, alive. The bride that makes himself, prepare himself ready. And so when we go there, well done, good and faithful servant. So this morning, the message is a warning. If you are not, if you are not doing it, if your heart for God is not growing, wake up. You need to grow. And this is what he said. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we are sure of better things that belongs to salvation. For God is not unjust as to overlook your work, the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. The, the author acknowledges the work of these Hebrews. They love the Lord, they say. And we desire of you to show the same earnestness, the same eagerness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. Peter also says, make your calling and election sure. So that you may not be sluggish, that you will not be dull but imitators of those through faith and patience inherit the promises. It's a warning for us, an encouragement for us to work, to know more about God. So finally, talk about, we talk about spiritual conditions, the serious warning, and finally the sure hope, very briefly. For when God made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, he, swear, he swore by himself, 
saying, Surely I will bless you and multiply you. And thus Abraham, having patiently waited, obtained the promise. For the people swear by something greater than themselves, and in all their dispute and, and order is final for confirmation. When God desired to show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed with an odd. So by that two unchangeable things, the ought and the promise, which is that it, which, uh, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have fled for refuge. We who fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor, anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into inner place behind the curtains. When Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Abraham had to wait very long for the promise of a child to come. Yet by faith, he waited and the child came. God promised and God fulfilled it. God will surely bring us to him. And I pray that we will not be dull, but follow him with eagerness, learning more about him each day. As I close, and we just share a story of D.L. Moody, one of the most well-known preacher in the 1800s. D.L. Moody did not grow up in a very good home. His father died when he was four years old. But he came to know the Lord at, the, at his teenage age. And then he grew. He was very, his appetite for the word of God was amazing. He grew so fast because he kept reading and learning. He grew faster than those people who have grown, uh, who have been Christian for 30 years. It's because he learned the word of God so much. It embarrassed people who have been a Christian longer because he was reading and learning and reading and learning. And he becomes so good in the word of God that when he preaches, people queue up to, to come to his service. Thousands of people come to listen to him. And those days, they don't have handphone to record, no internet. Yeah. They have to write down. But because he speaks so fast and there's so many things to write, people could not write, cannot keep up with it. So what they did, it seems they, they enrolled themselves for shorthand classes so that they can write Moody's message. Amazing, right? Amazing. They were hungry for the word of God. I pray that we will be like that. We will be hungry for the word of God. We will be hungry for the things of God. I've chosen the closing hymn, a song called Speak, O Lord. Let this be our prayer that whenever we come to the Word of God, that we will, we will receive the food from His Holy Word. The second verse starts like this. Teach us, Lord, full obedience, holy reverence, true humility. Verse 3 talks about, Speak, O Lord, and renew our mind. Help, help us grasp the heights of your plans for us. Let this be our prayer for ourselves, for our friends, yes, as we sing this song, that the word of God will speak to us and bring about change in our lives. Let us pray.
<clears throat> oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that encourages us, that warns us, so that we will not be sluggish, we may not be dull. Uh, Lord, that we will be excited about the things of yours. We may, that we will hear your word with excitement. Lord, would you help us? Build in us the love for your word. Build in us the love for the things of yours and the love for your people. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat>